two, one. Team, welcome to the Freedom Hut, Wednesday, October 20th edition. We've got a lot for you today. They're coming for your kids with the vaccines, that's for sure. The Biden administration already getting all excited about the prospect of putting tiny needles in tiny arms. We'll discuss this. Border Patrol has had an all-time high for arrests in the last year. The new data shows that. Plus, you got New York City with a vaccine mandate, and you have the anti-Biden rap song, Let's Go Brandon, number one on the iTunes, or shooting up to the top, I should say, on the iTunes rap charts. Uh, so we'll get into all of that in a moment. But for hardworking Americans, finding health care can be an expensive struggle. It can feel like you don't have any real choice at all. That's why I'm introducing our friends at One Share Health. As a Christian health share ministry, healthcare sharing ministry, that is, they're a nonprofit dedicated to helping thousands of Americans find affordable health care, and they support their members' communities through volunteer and charity missions. Their ACA exempt programs are perfect for small business owners, the self-employed, or anyone who's just fed up with the broken traditional healthcare system. Don't worry about ridiculous Obamacare mandates or penalties. Get the most out of your hard-earned money with healthcare for just $115 a month for you or $239 for your family. Get $75 off your enrollment fee with promo code BUCK. Call 833-230-4455 now or go online to onesharehealth.com for a fast quote in seconds. That's 833-230-4455 or onesharehealth.com with promo code BUCK for your special offer. Live well, pay less, see how much you save, and put the freedom of choice back in your hands. Oh, the vaccinations are coming for the children now. You're going to have very young kids who are getting the shot. This is the this is the latest. And you have to wonder what exactly is the science behind this, or rather, what is the decision-making that goes into making 5 to 11-year-olds Five to 11-year-olds are not at risk of COVID death. They're just not. I mean, yeah, they're at, is, is it fair to say that a kid is not at risk of dying from the common cold? A kid can die from the common cold. For some reason, if they're immunosuppressed, maybe they could have pneumonia develop in the lungs. It, it's possible. But do you worry about that? Do you sit around saying, oh, I can't let my kid go outside and see other kids because he or she may get the common cold. No, no, of course not. Now, they won't let us say things like children are at no risk of COVID death, mortality, because there have been, you know, one in a hundred thousand or one in a million instances uh, where children have gotten COVID and have actually died from it, they think. That's about what the number is. So they won't allow us to have that rhetorical weapon against this lunacy, even though it's a pretty fair thing to say. They're not at risk. I mean, anything can be a risk. You know, you can die from drinking too much water too fast. It's actually true. It's a a real thing. It's happened to people before. If you drink too much water, um, you can die from it. It happens to people it's a form of water poisoning or water water intoxication and it's because you get uh essentially you overhydrate yourself and so that that's a real thing a condition called hyponatremia 
that dele- uh, de- de- diminishes your sodium by such a level that you can actually die from it. So are you drinking a lethal substance when you drink water? No, that's a weird thing to say. But you can drown in water and you can drink too much water. But are you ingesting a lethal substance every time you have a glass of water? This is the way we have to start looking at the control of language that they use. Oh, children are at risk of COVID. No, they're not. So why are kids getting the shot? Well, if it's to protect adults, that forces us to ask the question, hmm, I thought adults had plenty of time to get vaccinated and these vaccines are great. They work so well. So why do kids have to get it? They're not at risk and they don't really spread it readily or easily. So what exactly is the imperative here for children to get the shot? Got to get everyone to do it. Look, I'll tell you this. I also believe this is about control, not about health in many, many ways, in many, many levels. Um, But beyond that, I would say this is about once parents are forced to get their kids the shot, then how how likely is it that there will be uh, how likely is it that there will be a parent who really stands up against it? I mean, if you make your kid get the shot or you you get your kid the shot, you know, you're going to say, well, if he got it or she got it, I guess I have to as well. And this is the problem. The authoritarian left has seen their mandates not as a horrific imposition on freedom, but as a resounding success. They view the mandates as enormously successful. And you see this for New York City's Mayor Bill de Blasio, who is now going forward and saying all city workers, all city workers must get the shot. It's a mandate now for all city agencies, all city workers. It's time for everyone to get vaccinated. Our public employees are going to lead us out of the COVID era. Look, what we did with our schools worked. Uh, Our schools are incredibly safe and families needed to know their kids would be safe. Well, we all need to know we're going to be safe going forward. We got to end the COVID era. Ah, the authoritarianism is very real. We're going to do this. We're going to make you do this because it'll end COVID. It's not going to end COVID. I'm going to tell you this right now. It's not going to end. What they're doing will not end COVID. It is unlikely COVID will be ended in the next 10 years, probably not in my lifetime, insofar as it will continue to be endemic in different parts of the world, and it will spread, and there will be variations of it. And the real way forward is not to pretend that we can get to COVID zero. The real way forward is to say, do what you can. There are therapeutics. Try to be healthy. Take your chances. Get the shot if you want the shot, just like we've done with the flu for the entire 40 years of my life. That's the way forward. But they don't want to admit that because to admit that would be to say, oh, well, we could have done that probably six months ago. Right. As soon as the vaccines are rolled out, it should have been all right. Now we're good. You get the shot. Go for it. Because they pretend that if everyone gets it, it'll stamp out COVID entirely. That will not happen. They even admit that sometimes because it's so obvious. That will not happen. But they're pushing even harder now, and they're going to be causing more problems for themselves. Here is a Chicago alderman, Brian Hopkins, who is saying that they can't afford to lose a 1,000 police officers over the vaccine mandate. So we're short patrol officers 
where we've been unsuccessful, like jurisdictions all across the country, at recruiting young people to choose careers in law enforcement. We have retirements happening at an accelerated pace. We can't afford to lose a thousand police officers. We can't afford to fire a thousand police officers over an impasse like this right now. So I think the mayor is aware that she's in an untenable position, you know, as far as trying to bargain her way out of this. But frankly, she put herself in that position. I mean, they're really talking about losing a thousand cops over this. It's crazy. Because what? The thousand, let's, let's say it is a thousand cops. I mean, what percentage you're, you're talking about tens of thousands, a hundred thousand infections across the country a day, but you're going to lose a thousand police officers out of a city that already has a serious crime problem because you're so insistent. You're so, you know, you're so absolutely certain that this vaccine has to go. This is crazy. What they're doing is, is just nuts. How many of those, how many of them are actually any real risk of getting COVID? As in, they never even they never exposed and don't have natural immunity. They don't know. They don't know. They never. They don't do that study. They don't care. They don't want to know. So when you really look at how many officers, think about this. They're they're out there dealing with people all the time. They had to work through the pandemic. How many of them are likely to get COVID in the next, let's say, six months who haven't had it? And how many people are really going to get COVID beyond that from them? What's the R1, as they say, in epidemiological circles? Well, they don't want to do this math either. Get the shot. That's it. They're, they're, not, they're not having the conversation more. And if you want really weak, intellectually flimsy analysis on this, what better place? What better place than the view to find this? And here is Whoopi Goldberg. You see us all walking around. You see people who have been vaccinated walking around. We're not walking around with two heads or five tails. We are walking around like everybody else. Either you believe them and, and, and take your life in your hands, because at some point, people like me are just going to go, look, you don't want to hear it. I'm not going to tell you anymore because you don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. We've said it. We've bent over backwards. People say, oh, we have to make the messaging better. I don't know how much better it can be. It is very simple. Notice how they, they pretend that this is all a, a Trump voter red state thing still. When actually by the percentages, it is young minority males in particular who are the most under vaccinated as a group when it comes to COVID of anyone in the country. But it's a Trump thing. No, of course, that's just the way they try to, to justify their disdain for people who don't go along with this. Let's get into the immigration topic here in just a moment. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation follows the words, while we have time, let us do good. And they're doing good every day across the country. The foundation has done incredible things this year, and there's even more to come between now and the end of the year. But their biggest endeavor, gifting 200 mortgage-free homes to America's heroes and their families. These are military heroes fighting the war on terrorism and their families uh, and their families, rather. And many of them are learning to live with a life changing injury. Even more tragically, a family learning to live without a family member lost in the line of service. Tunnel the Towers Foundation took time this September 11th and in the days leading up to it to help us remember those who sacrificed their own lives while trying to save the lives of others. Next month, they're recognizing those we lost in the war on terror in a ceremony on Veterans Day. And between Thanksgiving and New Year's, they'll give away a home a day in their season of hope. 
Help Tunnel Towers do good. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T dot org. Oh, the border, friends. It is the worst it has ever been. But that's only if you think that the rule of law is important. If you believe the most important thing that we can achieve when it comes to immigration, illegal immigration, is to have as many illegals in the country as possible, which is what the Democrats ultimately want, then you would have to view this as an enormously successful Biden administration. And they won't say this because they know a majority of the American people are not with them on it. But this is the situation right now. This is what is playing out. And you have 1.7 million apprehensions at our southern border in fiscal year 2021. It's going to be over 2 million for the, for the calendar year. They're saying, oh, the most since 1986. Well, let's take a look at that for a second. Why was 1986 such a, a huge year for illegal crossing? Because there was an amnesty coming. So they, they react to market, so to speak, incentives in the immigration world. What is the upside? What is the downside? What are the benefits of coming illegally now versus coming in another time? So people came in in large numbers in 1986 because they thought, if I get in now, I'll be able to stay forever. And a lot of them were right. They lied about how much they would enforce these different provisions of the 1986 amnesty. They lied about it. When you know what you got? The amnesty, but not the enforcement. That was what it was. And look, it happened under Reagan. I know St. Reagan. We're not allowed to say anything other than he's a saint. And he was a great man. And he was a great president. And I totally agree. But he wasn't perfect. He would admit. I think Reagan would be the first to admit he wasn't perfect. In fact, he admitted that he got swindled on the amnesty in 1986. He admitted it. The Democrats said, oh, this would be the last one, just this one time. And then illegal immigration shot through the roof afterwards and leading up to it. But then we had a permanent status of illegal migration of the country, and now it is reaching an all-time high. And this is because the Biden administration wants this to be the case. They don't view this as something that needs to be stopped. I mean, they don't view this as a crisis. You know, yeah, they won't use the C-word crisis about the border in in interviews, and they, they try to play this game where they won't say it out loud, but that's also in part because I think in their core, they don't believe that it is a crisis. They don't think it really is. They think this is America's a nation of immigrants, legal and illegal. Who cares? Let them in. They're going to vote Democrat. Oh, okay. They're going to require more state benefits and assistance, which will then justify on humanitarian grounds, higher taxes, more authoritarianism against the Americans who are already here. And so this just enlarges the power and the purse of the state. And they view that ultimately as a good thing. I was going to talk about the story on the, uh, we just call it the big show around here, the big radio show. Uh, Cause I, well, it's the biggest radio show by Nielsen ratings audience uh, in America for talk radio. So that's pretty cool. I was going to talk about it yesterday and might get to it today after I record this podcast, but there was this uh, horrible story, um, horrible incident that occurred on the SEPTA train uh, in Philadelphia. And there was a a 35-year-old man, uh, Fiston uh, 
Noy was is now accused of raping a woman for 30 minutes while passengers filmed it around her. Uh, this is one of the more appalling stories I've read in a long time, but there's there's some lessons about our society here. And there's some cold, hard realities that we have to face together when something like this happens. First of all, since we're talking about immigration, uh, Fistinoy was, is an illegal Congolese migrant, immigrant, who has sex abuse and drug criminal convictions while in the United States and under U.S. law should have been deported in 2015. Now, the Democrat mindset is deporting a Congolese migrant who has a sex abuse and drug conviction is racist. That's what they really think. It would have been racist to deport this guy because he's African. So you're deporting an African. That is inherently a racist act. It doesn't matter what he does. They view it as this is the Democrat mentality. It's racist. Can't do it. And so he stayed in the country and now committed this I mean, just absolutely heinous crime. And it's, uh, it's a reminder because the, the system, he was in the system. They had him. They knew what they were dealing with. They knew this was a criminal. This isn't just a person coming to America to find a better life and, you know, skirted the laws, but was just, you know, the hardworking, lovable neighbor that you didn't know was an illegal or whatever. No, no. This was a criminal and was not supposed to be the country, overstayed his visa. And which I mean, this is the easiest way to be an illegal in the country. You come here legally and then you just stay if you, if you can get a visa in the first place. And he wasn't deported. And we have to ask, why does the system think that this is okay? Why isn't this a moment of reckoning where they decide, you know what, we're going to tighten up interior illegal immigration enforcement, meaning people that are already in the United States, not just stopping people at the border. And it's because the Democrat Party has embraced open borders. They won't say it out loud necessarily because the truth is a problem for them. So they say, oh, no, we believe in the law. They say oh, no, this is an issue where we have broad agreement with, uh, with all political parties. That's just a lie. Because the actual infrastructure and the deciding votes, the deciders, if you will, within the Democrat Party, they like illegal immigration. They want as many people, particularly people from the third world as possible, to immigrate to America illegally. Because they view them as, because of the identity politics framework of the Democrat Party, the likelihood of a greater dependence on welfare once they're in this country. People say, oh, they don't get welfare. That is a lie. There are a lot of ways that illegal immigrants access public services and even welfare. But their ideological proclivities here are plain for all to see. They don't want to do interior enforcement. They don't want to stop illegals from being in the United States. And then there's the bystander situation here. And there's a lot. There's a lot that I think uh, we could talk about. On the one hand, you have a society that I think is devaluing individuality, action, responsibility. I'm going to say this, uh, being a real man. I mean, you cannot tell me that you were somebody who was standing there as a as an able-bodied male standing there watching this happen to this woman 
and still think you're still think you're a real man after not doing anything. I'm not even saying what I know all the guys watching and listening to this would be saying out loud right now, which is that they wouldn't be they wouldn't be taking Mr. Noy to prison. They would probably be putting him in a pine box. I know that's how a lot of you feel, and I believe a lot of you would have taken at least some level of violent action to stop this heinous attacker. But at a minimum, folks, I mean, I don't care if you're a 90-year-old who you know has a, has a walker and weighs 110 pounds and has a bad back. You call the police and you shout and you scream and you say, stop it. You say, what, what are you doing? That's the bare minimum. The bare minimum. And for anybody who's in a position to actually physically intervene, you get in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is there a risk that this this psychopath uh, attacks you then? Yeah, sure. But you know what the other risk is? What all those people now, men and women, who are on that train have, which is to live life as a coward. To go through the rest of your life with the ignominious reality of your own cowardice. We need a society. We need America to be a country of men and women who act, who have honor. Honor is being talked about in America these days as though it's, it's a joke. Honor is, uh, is laughable. You know, it's something that people think gets in the way of your success. You know, you got to do whatever you got to do. Get yours. Do your thing. Don't worry about whether you have honor, whether you have integrity. And in fact, they, I think they view, they view honor now. They've made honor not just a laughing stock, but also they tie it to a sense, of, a sense of a moral superiority that should not exist. Oh, you're not any better than anybody else? Bull crap. There are good people. There are bad people. There are honorable people. There are dishonorable people. And there was a moment here. There was a real, let's see what the truth is situation for the people that watched on this train were they individuals of character and some just basic courage some sense of honor and obligation to fellow human beings and the answer to every person who was on that train who didn't do anything is no and as a society i think unfortunately this is much more common than we uh, would ever care to believe i would also say so that's the most, uh, the, 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 the biggest takeaway for me, uh, for the people who didn't do anything, but also the, the filming of this. I mean, the first thing is don't be a disgusting, gutless coward who watches a woman be sexually assaulted in this way. You know, if you, if you are a real man and you are watching this go on on that train, you, you should be willing to take physical action and yes, risk your own safety and maybe even risk your own life. Because a real man would not allow this to happen in front of him. And I honestly think there are a lot of women that are listening to this, watching this, who are like, they would have intervened. They would have, you know, they would have uh, stabbed this guy in the neck with a pencil if they had to. Whatever they had to do, they would have done to have helped this woman stop her from having this horrific assault happen. And there's, so that's at the most baseline level. But then you have the, the filming of this and our, our completely bizarre and and really sociopathic obsession with the sharing of things on by electronic means as if we're all spectators in life as if there's no cause or call for action 
We can just sit there and watch things play out. And as long as it gets enough clicks, it gets enough views, we've somehow somehow done our part. I mean, I hope that people listen to this show every day and feel fired up by the principles and the yeah, the information, but the principles and the the view that we discuss here that I share with all of you, that it helps them go out, helps everybody who watches go out. It helps me, by the way, to talk to you about all this. This is in some ways a form of incredible uh therapy to sit and collect one's thoughts and be able to project them to an audience of this size every day. But I hope it helps all of you go out and live better lives and take action and be worthwhile and know that there are others out there who share the character that motivates and stabilizes you in your day to day. I certainly do not advocate for people to go through life thinking that everything must be videoed and shared, even at the expense sometimes of the most basic decency. It's appalling, appalling that this happened. And uh, there should be some real soul searching in America over how something like this could occur. All right, I I have uh, a few other things. Apologies, my voice is a little scratchy today. It's what happens when you speak for like five hours a day. Um, I've got more on on the UK situation with vaccinations right now they're going for the boosters all out i've got the anti-biden rap song let's go brandon in and out burger saying they don't want to be the vaccination police in san francisco we got a lot of stories oh and the democrats backing off their 600 vaccine plan i'm sorry 600 irs plan not vaccine plan uh we'll get to all of that tomorrow along with whatever other news breaks on the day because that's going to be it for the show today team thank you for being here an honor and a privilege as always i'll talk to you tomorrow shields high